Chapter Twenty One of The Untamed by Max Brand. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. One Way Out. In a room of the Salton Place, on the evening of the next day after Calder's death, sat silent with Kilduff, Reinhardt, and Jordan about him. Purvis was out scouting for the news of Haines, whose long absence commenced to worry the gang. Several times they tried to induce Kate to come out and talk with them, but she was resolute in staying alone in the room which they had assigned to her. Consequently, to while away the time, Bill Kilduff produced his mouth-organ and commenced a dolorous ballad. He broke short in the midst of it and stared at the door. The others followed the direction of his eyes and saw Black Bart standing framed against the fading daylight. They started up with curses. Reinhardt drew his gun. "'Wait a minute,' ordered Silent. "'Damn it!' exclaimed Jordan. "'Don't you see Whistlin' Dan's wolf? "'If the wolf's here, Dan isn't far behind.' Silent shook his head. "'If there's going to be any shootin' of that wolf, "'leave it to Hal Purvis. "'He just naturally set his heart on it. "'And Whistlin' Dan ain't with the wolf. "'Look, there's a woman's glove hangin' out of his mouth. "'He picked that up in the willows, maybe, "'and followed the girl here. "'Watch him.' The wolf slunk across the room to the door which opened on Kate's apartment. Kate threw the door open, cried out at the sight of Bart, and then snatched up the glove he let drop at her feet. "'No cause for getting excited,' said Silent. "'Whistlin' Dan ain't coming here after the wolf.' For answer, she slammed the door. At the same moment, Hal Purvis entered. He stepped directly to Silent and stood facing him with his hands resting on his hips. His smile was marvelously unpleasant. "'Well,' said the chief, "'what's the news? "'You've got eloquent eyes, Hal, but I want words.' "'The news is plain hell,' said Purvis. "'Haines.' "'What of him? "'He's in Elkhead.' "'Elkhead?' "'Whistlin' Dan got him at Morris's place "'and took him along with the body of Tex Calder. "'Jim, you've got to answer for it to all of us.' You went to Morris's with Lee. You come away without him, and let him stay behind to be nabbed by that devil whistling Dan. Right, said Kilduff, and his teeth clicked. Is that playing fair? Boys, said Silent solemnly, if I'd known that whistling Dan was there, I'd have never left Haines to stay behind. Morris said nothing about Calder having a running mate. Me and Haines was in the upstairs room at about supper time, up came a fella and told us that Tex Calder had just come into the dining room. That was all. Did Whistlin' Dan get Lee from behind? He got him from the front. He beat Lee to the draw so bad that Haynes hardly got his gun out of its leather. The fella that told you that lied, said Silent. Haynes is as fast with his shootin' iron as I am, almost. The rest of the outlaws nodded to each other significantly. Purvis went on without heeding the interruption. After I found out about the fight, I swung towards Elkhead. About five miles out of town, I met up with Rogers, the deputy sheriff at Elkhead. I thought you had him fixed for us, Jim. Damn his hide, I did. Is he playing his dirt now? A frosty morning in December was nothing to the way he talked. Cut all that short, said Reinhardt. "'and let's know if Rogers is going to be able "'to keep the lynching party away from Haines.' "'He says he thinks it can be done for a couple of days,' said Purvis, "'but the whole range is rising. 
All the punchers are riding into Elkhead and wanting to take a look at the famous Lee Haynes. Roger says that when enough of them get together, they'll take the law into their own hands, and nothing can stop them then. Why don't that rotten dog give Haynes a chance to make a getaway? asked Silent. Ain't we paid him his share ever since we started working these parts? He didn't dare take the chance, said Purvis. He says the boys are talking mighty strong. They want action. They've put up a guard all around the jail, and they say that if Haynes gets loose, they'll string up Rogers. Everyone's wild about the killing of Calder Jim. Old Saunderson, he put up $5,000 out of his own pocket to raise the price on your head. And this whistling Dan, said Silent, I suppose they're making a hero out of him. Rogers says that every man within ten miles is talking about him. The whole range will know of him in two days. He made a nice play when he got in. You know, there's five thousand dollars out on Haines' head. It was offered to him by Rogers as soon as Dan brought Lee in. What do you think he done? Pocketed the check? No. He grabbed it and tore it up small. I ain't after no blood money, he says. No, said Silent. He ain't after no money. He's after me. Tomorrow they bury Calder. The next day Whistlin' Dan will be on our trail again, and he'll be playing the same lone hand. Rogers offered him a posse. He wouldn't take it. There's one point that ain't no nearer being solved, said Bill Kilduff in a growl, and that's how you're going to get Haines loose. Silent, it's up to you. Which you rode away, leaving him behind. Silent took one glance around the waiting circle. Then he nodded. It's up to me. Give me a chance to think. He started walking up and down the room, muttering. At last he stopped short. Boys, it can be done. There's nothing like talking of a woman to make a man turn himself into a plum fool, and I'm going to make a fool out of whistling Dan with this girl Kate. But how in the name of God can you make her go out and talk to him? said Reinhardt. Son, answered Silent, there's just one main trouble with you. You talk a hell of a pile too much. When I've done this, I'll tell you how it was figured out. End of chapter 21